Welcome to Chilling with Teddy G, an authentic black channel empowering the black community and capturing the modern day black reality through investigative journalism. I'm your host, Teddy G. Join me on the fourth annual homecoming and pilgrimage to Sierra Leone on December 28, 2021 through January 9, 2022. We will be exploring this beautiful country and eligible individuals will be receiving Sierra Leonean citizenship and passports. For more details, check out our website, SierraLeonePilgrimage.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel, Goham Lifestyle Vlogs, because we all need an Africa escape plan. everyone. I welcome back all of my melanated kings and queens, my brothers and sisters in Africa as well as South Africa, and to my listening audience around the globe. Thank each and every one of you for tuning back in to another episode of CWTG. As you know, I'm Teddy G, your host, and on this channel, ladies and gentlemen, we discuss anything and everything with absolutely no sugar, no frosting, and definitely no mayonnaise. So y'all go hurry up and go grab yourself your favorite cup of coffee, tea, or latte and join me for the next few minutes, ladies and gentlemen, as I try to catch back up on all the headline stories because at the studios of Chilling with Teddy G, the entire building was out of electricity for the last few days because uh, someone ran into a transformer and we were without power as so much has been going on and the divided snakes of America that I need to get to. We've got the uh, verdict in for uh, 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 Jesse uh, um, Smollett, who was uh, his uh, defense attorney tried to get him to, uh, uh, I mean, tried to get the judge to, to declare a mistrial, which didn't happen, and they ended up finding him guilty of the, his charges in what they call a staged um uh, attempt at at, at uh, uh, on his life. Then we've got an update on the uh, Hertz uh, rental car service, ladies and gentlemen, who was having people arrested for stealing cars where they had legal uh, contracts and payments that was made, and they were. Uh, uh, the Hertz was still calling the car stolen and was having these people arrested. Then we've got the um, the uh, Dante Wright murder trial going on where, you know, the former uh, um, police officer um, who called herself uh, hitting him with a taser, which we know uh, I ain't going to go there anyway. Kim Potter, uh, her trial is uh, uh, going on. And we have a lot of uh, damaging and emotional testimony happening in the, uh, that trial. So, with all of that being said, let me do some housekeeping. Then I'm going to decide which story that I want to um, start with. Probably uh, Jesse Smollett, since his case is, um, his court hearing is pretty much over and a decision has been made. 
Uh, let's do this dirty laundry, ladies and gentlemen, because you know how we got to keep it clean at the studios of Chilling with Teddy G with the Copyright Disclaimer Act of 1976 under Title 17, Section 107. Allowances is made for the fair use for the purpose such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarships, and research. Fair use is permitted by the copyright statute that may otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit educational or personal use tips the balance in the favor of fair use. So let's get into it, people. This uh, Jesse uh, Smollett, who was, uh, everybody knows, he's a famous R&B singer and was a well-known actor in the um, TV series Empire, claimed that he was uh, assaulted and they tried to uh, uh, attack him and, and kill him which everybody's saying that it was staged and that they don't believe that it was happening. Well, I won't say everybody, but uh, anybody that was uh, keeping uh, track of this um, incident and this case believed that uh, it had been possibly been staged. Well, I guess the jury agreed with um, the general assessment of what happened because they found him guilty on quite a few charges and that's what we're going to talk about today so if y'all have been keeping up with it you know he claimed that there was a hate crime against him because he was um black as well as being openly gay and uh, uh charges against him was that uh uh he told uh police officers that uh, uh, he was the victim of a hate crime. He told officers that he was the victim of battery. And then he told another officer the same two things. That uh, um, he claimed that he was uh, uh, the victim of a hate crime. He claimed that he was the victim of battery. And then he told detectives uh, that he was also a victim of aggravated assault. Now, and these were the uh, charges against him. Now, he had six counts against him, and each one of them was supposedly for uh, the, the lie that he told, and I can say it's a lie now because he was found guilty of all of these charges, that he lied to law enforcement officers, the, the, the first two patrolmen as well as the uh, detective. And uh, they found him guilty of that. Now, these are not uh, uh, serious crimes where he could do a lot of time. I mean, I think the maximum that he could probably get for everything is three years. But it looks that he may just walk away with some probation or whatever. Because they pretty much believe that he uh, staged this entire thing. And, and the victims who were, well, I won't, excuse me, I won't say victims, but the alleged perpetrators of the crime is the ones who were uh, pretty much told the jury and the judge that, listen, hey, uh, he told us to do this. This was a planned plot to stage uh, this hate crime against him for whatever reason. Some say it was for uh, uh, credibility for uh, uh, um, openly gay individual. Some say that he was using it to help out the uh, Empire series status. Well, it, well, you know what? It don't matter what he was doing it for. 
they found him guilty. Whether it was a plot or not, he was found uh, guilty. And let me say this too, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I am a um, believer in, in justice and not for just a particular group of people, as y'all all know here on this station. Okay, because we, you know, we we barely, we real rarely find uh, real justice when it comes to uh, melanated individuals. I'm not saying it don't happen. I'm saying it rarely happens. And in this case, ladies and gentlemen, even though he was found guilty, and I'm part believer that it was staged, I don't believe that he received a fair trial. I got to put that out there. All right, I got to say that right off the bat. And I'm going to tell you why I, I feel that way. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, on count one, he was found guilty. Count two, he was found guilty. Count three and four, he was found guilty. Count five, he was found guilty. And count six, he was also found guilty. And these were basically, ladies and gentlemen, that the uh, stories, or now we can say legally, the lies that he told to law enforcement officers. And we can say that because he's, He's been found guilty. So that's the reason why I'm saying it. I'm not saying it because I believe that he lied. I'm saying that the legal system has done its due process and he was found guilty of these charges. This is the reason why I can use the term that he lied because that's what the jury is uh, saying. And, uh, and uh, now the sentencing process is going to take place. But let me refresh y'all for people who are may not be familiar with everything that was uh, going on in this case. Okay, uh, uh, Jesse Smollett, who's a, a out in the open um, gay uh, actor and singer, uh, said that he was innocent of staging this uh, hate crime, right? And then even his lawyer speaked out about the uh, guilty verdict and still saying that um, he is uh, innocent because uh, particular evidence wasn't brought in, that the, the, uh, the judge was biased in his uh, uh, opinion, that he is the one who picked the jury and got quite offensive in uh, some cross-examination from the defense attorneys and even launched at him like he wanted to, you know, give him a two-piece. Uh, and this is according to court records, ladies and gentlemen. It's not me saying this. But uh, he was found guilty, nevertheless, of these charges. And I'm sure that they're going to be appealing uh, the decision. But it goes on to say, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jesse Smollett's defense attorney said that the uh, actor is 100% innocent and uh plan to appeal his decision for lying to the police over a hate crime report blaming the uh, verdict on a miscommunication and uh, preconceived notion. Now that's what his lawyer is saying. He said there is a misapprehension and a misconception that people have to approve their innocence rather than um to be proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, said the defense attorney, Heather uh, DeWell, on the, uh, uh, um, that's what she told the morning show. 
And so I think that there is was a uh, disadvantage from the start, particularly given the fact that uh, Mr. S um, Smollett was uh, tired and um, convicted in the media and in the court of public opinion long before the trial had ever even started. And I, I, I have to agree with that because he was... Everybody else was pretty much saying that they didn't believe that this hate crime happened and that it was staged. So there was a lot of preconceived uh, um, thoughts and opinions about whether the hate crime uh, ever took place. Anyway, with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to uh, this news report from uh, BNC from um, Charles Blow and see exactly what he has to say about the decision in the uh, trial of uh, Jesse or Juicy uh, uh, Smollett. Six days of testimony, a Chicago jury has found actor Jesse Smollett guilty on five of six counts for staging a hate crime against himself. The Empire actor faces up to three years in prison for filing a false police report stemming from an alleged homophobic and racially motivated assault in 2019. While Smollett had been found guilty of the class uh, for felonies, his clean criminal record will likely weigh in his favor. The highly politicized case garnered national attention from the outset. Smollett's claims were thoroughly scrutinized by legal experts and in the court of public opinion. After the verdict, prosecutors told reporters that the Chicago Police Department was vindicated, but the actor's defense attorney says Smollett is 100% innocent and that he would appeal because he is committed to clearing his name. Joining us to discuss is chairwoman of the Rainbow Push Coalition, C.K. Hoffler. So, C.K., what do you make of this uh, verdict? Well, good evening, Charles. I think... Um this verdict is, is distressing on many levels. Certainly, as a trial lawyer, I respect the jury's decision. When the jury speaks, we have to listen. So I just want to start by saying that. But even though, just as with any case, I respect the jury's decision, I think that there are a lot of aspects of this particular verdict that are troubling because of the information surrounding this case that the public is not aware of, perhaps. For one, because there weren't cameras in the courtroom, no cameras were allowed in the courtroom, we were not able to see live some of the testimony and developments in this case. We were not able to grasp what the jury heard and what the jury didn't hear. We do know, and I am told, and I can only say that I'm told from what I understand to be the case, that the judge picked the jury. So typically, in a state court case, not a federal case, but a state court case like this one, the prosecutor and the defense, as we've seen in so many other cases, pick the jury. In federal court, you do see the judge pick the jury, they conduct voir dire, ask the questions. But in this case, it's my understanding that the judge is the one that asks the questions. The reason why that's problematic, in a case like this, you want to be able to delve into people's backgrounds, how they feel about a multiplicity of issues that are... Now, let me stop her right there. For I need y'all to understand that this was not a federal trial, that it was a state trial. And most of the um, attorneys in this case, the prosecutors and the uh, defense attorneys, are the ones who get to question the jurors and get to find out uh, where their uh, mindset is, okay, during, uh, during the trial. You know, whether they can say, well, I, I want to excuse this juror or I, I don't believe this juror is... Uh, um, 
has the uh, mind to uh, clearly make a decision based on the evidence because they have a, a preconceived notion. As I already told you, I believe that's what was going on in this case. Now, by the judge not allowing that to happen, and he handpicked these juries himself, puts the um, defense at a disadvantage because they don't know the mindset of these juries. These jurors, excuse me, let me say that correctly. And um, that puts them at a, a very big disadvantage for a state case, for a state criminal case. Okay, this is not a federal case, ladies and gentlemen, where these where these things do happen with a, a federal judge. We're talking about a state judge in a state criminal case who handpicked the juries himself without the defense being able to um, properly um, question the jurors to see uh, whether they uh, even want them because they have the right to be able to say, well, I want to uh, accuse this juror because of uh, whatever reasons. Okay, well, that that did not happen in the uh, case of uh, uh, um, the defense attorneys for uh, Jesse uh, Smollett. Plicity of issues that are involved in this case. That didn't happen. The, pro the prosecution or the defense, as I understood it, were able to speak to the jury in picking the jury. That's an issue. Right, second, let, 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 let me step in and ask a question here. You, one second before you go to your second point. I'll, I'll, I promise I'll let you do that. Uh, you said you respected the, the jury and their decision, but do you believe that they came to the right verdict? I'm not saying I believe they came to the right verdict. I don't like the verdict because I think that a lot of evidence, perhaps, that I understood existed was not presented to the jury. Exactly. And that's a major point, ladies and gentlemen. We have to consider that as well. I'm in agreement with her on that fact. Whether I believe that he staged this or not is of no concern when we come to the uh, um, the uh, trial and the process and the reason why uh, jurors were selected by the judge, the reason why uh, some evidence was not allowed um, into the uh, case is, is problematic. There's no two ways about it. That, to me, ladies and gentlemen, is the reason why they came up with the verdict that they came up with. Not so much that he was guilty, but because certain evidence wasn't allowed in, because the jury was handpicked, because the defense didn't have the uh, opportunity to know the uh, the jurors that they were facing, subsequently uh, ended up to where they couldn't give their a client the uh, best defense that they could because of these factors. You have to keep this in mind. I just respect what the jury says, no matter what. So why, why I, wouldn't I, the defense present the? Why wouldn't the defense present information that would be exculpatory? Well, it's not what the defense will present. You know, judges decide what evidence goes to the jury and what what comes in and what doesn't come in. There may have been. Let me give an example. Information relative to some of the police officers that conducted the investigation relative to Jesse Smollett. There's certainly an accusation from the defense standpoint that there was corruption, that the police coerced um, the two brothers into the statement that they made, that there was all a lot of corruption that took place. I don't know if there was or there wasn't. But but that's a good point that you made, because that's what happened in these cases, ladies and gentlemen. We know all too well, especially when it comes to melanated kings and queens, black and brown individuals that uh they face these prejudices when it comes to uh 
court and a lot of other factors in life, which I, we won't get into today, but especially in the judicial system, we know that law enforcement race soldiers are in every department, in every major city and rural area, in the divided snakes of America. So when you uh, don't allow a certain information or certain facts to come out, when you could be potentially dealing with um, um, some law enforcement race soldiers, then y'all just you're setting the um, you're setting the stage for uh, him to be found guilty. Now that's my personal opinion. Coerced um, the two brothers into the statement that they made that there was all a lot of corruption that took place. I don't know if there was or there wasn't, but the jury was not entitled to hear any evidence relative to that. So those are decisions that the judge would make. Is that evidence relevant to this case? Yes or no? There are a lot of decisions that are made before a trial or during a trial that never, where things never get to the jury. That's why I'm saying, do I feel this This is a, a just verdict? I feel that Jesse Smollett didn't have his day in court. So, but I do respect the jury's decision. So that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of other information um, in this case that troubles me, that perturbs me. For instance, there's an allegation that the judge lunged at one of the defense attorneys. Absolutely. Now, I've been an attorney for 35 years, and I've tried a lot of high-profile, intense cases where we were going at it. I've never, ever had the experience or heard of a judge lunging at any attorney. Yelling, yes. Even right. heard of one judge throwing so, books, but right. not lunging. That's of concern to me. So, things of that nature. I, I get, I get your, I get your, I get your concerns about what has happened in the courtroom. I, I, I guess I'm really interested in your take of, of the evidence that we knew about, right? So, I mean, the one thing that that you know that threw me from the very beginning. It was, first of all, it was freezing in Chicago. And I don't know if you've ever lived in the Midwest, but I've lived in, in Detroit. And you know, one thing that you know is you can't go outside without all of your skin covered because your skin will literally freeze. I didn't know, I'm from Louisiana, didn't know that was a thing. It is a thing. So you cover every inch of your skin when you go out. So this idea of being out with nothing on your face so that people could see you and say, oh, that's the guy from Empire. It just, all of that just to me was like, okay, I need somebody to under, explain to me how Jesse's skin is not like the rest of our skin and you can just be out in the freezing elements in the middle of the night with nothing on your face, so enough so that people can recognize you from afar. So there was a lot of the evidence that, to me, I couldn't figure out how it made sense in the story that he was telling. At first he said that they were white people, then he said they were light-skinned people, and then I see the two people who he said did it, and I'm like, nah. Those are not light-skinned people. There's no way you could you could you could mistake them for light or white or anything. So, just based on the evidence that was presented, what, what do you think the the you know the case was here? Well, I think based on the evidence that was presented, with the jury heard, I can see why they reached the verdict that they reached. Do I like them reaching the verdict that they reached? Did I wish that there was greater evidence presented? I did wish that there was greater evidence presented, but it did seem like there were some things that didn't add up. And when things don't add up, sometimes it's because you can't present some evidence. And so that's the point that I'm making. But a lot of the, there were a lot of inconsistencies, but the state has the burden of proof. 
has the burden. The defense is defending the defendant. So this jury must have felt that the state met its burden beyond reasonable doubt. And I think they held any inconsistencies against Jesse because I felt that they didn't feel that his story added up based on what they heard. But I think there's another factor. What do we know about these jurors? Were they probed into whether they had bias about certain things? When you don't have the ability to question jurors, and I know this as a trial lawyer, you feel like you're disadvantaged because, again, when it's a question of someone's life or liberty at stake, you want to know how they feel about issues. Exactly. How do they feel about, um, are they homophobic? Exactly. How do they feel about um, people in Hollywood, actors, yes. all of the things, all of the issues surrounding this case. And I think that perhaps there was some disadvantage that the defense had going in into this case. And right. I just wish that had been flushed out a little bit more. But there's no doubt about it. CK Alford, thank you so much. The trial is over and we're going to respect the jury's decision. But ladies and gentlemen, I know. Do I believe that he got a fair trial? Absolutely not. But now let me answer the main question that I know y'all is wondering. Ted, do you think that uh, uh, he staged this uh, attack? Yeah, I do believe that. But that does not weigh into the uh, the way that this trial was handled, okay? I got issues with the fact that the judge picked the jury. I got issues with the fact that certain evidence wasn't allowed into the uh, case, into the trial. And I also disagree with the fact that uh, people are saying that he was not his defense attorneys was not held at a disadvantage. That's BS. They definitely were. They was not able to um, give their client the best defense that they was because of evidence, not allowed because the uh, judge picked the jury. There was a lot going in here to where this man did not get a, a fair trial. Now, that's just my opinion. And I have to keep it real. So... With all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, he found guilty on five of the six charges. We got to live with that, and we have to move on. But again, this just shows, this puts another receipt in the records, ladies and gentlemen, of an unfair trial for another melanated individual. With all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to end the show. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in because I got to come right back and do... Uh, six other stories that are currently uh, looming in the uh, uh, um, media right now. So I want y'all to continue to do your social distancing because we'll never, ever, ever be out of the woods with this uh, COVID-19 and the new variances that's going on. Okay, so y'all um, out of gear should always be worn now. That's a part of your new fashion. Even if you have to buy some uh, face masks and face shields and gloves that look stylish for whatever type of your uh, uh, wardrobe that you're wearing, just wear them. Okay, wear your shoe coverings, wear your gloves, wear your masks, wear your face shields. Okay, wear your hats. Do all that you can to cover yourself to help reduce the spread of these variances out here as well as the uh, original uh, COVID-19 virus. Take care of your immune system. That's very important because with your healthy and strong immune system helps reduces the uh, chances of you catching this virus. That's not eliminated. This isn't medical advice. This is just 
common sense, scientific uh, evidence that, you know, a, a strong and healthy immune system reduces your chance of catching this virus. And then even in the unlikely event that you may test positive, you'll be able to get rid of it with little or no medication with a healthy and strong immune system. Okay? Now, with all that being said, y'all know I tell y'all these things so much because I love you. Loving you guys is my food, and Teddy G is hungry each and every single day of his life. And until I have the opportunity to address you guys again, I bid each and every one of you peace, love, and soul.